Philippines to help with hostage recovery inside the Gaza Strip. Two U.S. officials tell NBC News American drones have been operating above the territory since the Hamas terrorist attack on October 7th. The drones are being used to try to locate hostages taken by Hamas. Israel's military says there are more than 240 of those hostages being held captive inside Gaza. The New York Times first reported the story, citing flight data on the publicly accessible tracking website, website Flight Radar 24. Many of the hostages are believed to be held in the vast network of tunnels underground Gaza that are integral to Hamas operations. Uh, as Richard mentioned, Secretary of State Blinken is on the ground in Israel. He's expected to ask Prime Minister Netanyahu for some measure of restraint, not a ceasefire, but a humanitarian pause. Then he'll go on tomorrow to Jordan, where he will hear that Israel needs to stop what it's doing, that it needs to pull back entirely. So what is the line he's walking there? And what are the options on the table here between a ceasefire, a humanitarian pause and everything else that's being discussed? Yeah, let's start with your second point about going to Jordan. As I understand it, Willie, uh, there's no longer an Israeli ambassador in, in Jordan. The Jordanians have removed their ambassador from, from Israel. And I think that what, what that tells us is all that's been accomplished on a positive side in the Middle East is somewhat vulnerable. We shouldn't assume there can't be backsliding. Jordan's a country that's predominantly Palestinian and is extraordinarily worried that instability, like, like we're seeing in Gaza, could see, you were just talking about with Richard Engel in the West Bank, could ultimately spread. And that's one of our concerns, is to avoid instability showing elsewhere in, in, in the Middle East. In terms of- This is Republicans returning to kind of who they are. And Stephanie, I would put it in the context uh, of this. This is exactly what the House would have done, even if Kevin McCarthy was still the House Speaker. I don't think the opening salvo is a real reflection of where Mike Johnson is compared to the rest of the caucus. They always flirt with this idea of offsetting emergency, or in this case, aid for a national security partner that impacts our own security. But they do it knowing that this will not be the end product. And so that is the question now about Mike Johnson's leadership as the new speaker. We know under a Kevin McCarthy, it would have started here, but it would end differently. And differently means a compromise or frankly, fully ceding to Joe Biden and Democrats to make sure there's a package that's not paid for that doesn't include the IRS cuts. We don't know yet. Is Mike Johnson willing to really shut down the government or stall aid to Israel over this type of ideological warfare? We really don't know. What it does do, though, being in regular order now under Mike Johnson, it shows the American people where the priorities and values of the Republican Party is are, and that's where they get into trouble. Desire to actually secure funding for the conflicts involving Israel and Ukraine was supposed to be it was supposed to be the reason that moderate Republicans voted in a far voted in a far right speaker of the House with the intraparty war over House leadership resolved. The idea was that those emergencies would finally be dealt with. At least that was the idea. Today, it became painfully obvious that the Republicans new speaker, Congressman Mike Johnson, is not really going to deal with any of it. This evening, Speaker Johnson put every Republican on the record, voting for a bill that did not include any aid to Ukraine and which would provide aid to Israel only on the condition that Congress defunded the IRS to allow billionaires to cheat on their taxes. And that's sort of the point here, Connor, because let's talk about this starting point. The cuts they want to make to the IRS, 
all right, come directly from the money used to go after super wealthy tax evaders. It's unethical, it's awful, and it's leaving money on the table. It's money that the IRS would bring in from tax cheats. Does this not show the American people that Mike Johnson is just not a serious person? I think it does on any number of levels. Like you said, uh, this is actually probably going to cost the taxpayers money if it were to go through, which it won't. But that's why the Congressional Budget Office came back and said, actually, you're not saving any money because every dollar you cut from the IRS, we're going to lose three or four dollars in tax revenue that they don't collect. But I think beyond that, the guy got to Congress one year before I did. He's not prepared for this. He's one of the most inexperienced people ever to hold this job. And what's going to happen is Schumer's going to get a bunch of Republicans to vote for an Israel aid bill over in the Senate that doesn't involve the IRS. And then a bunch of Mike Johnson's members are going to say, OK, I'm going to be for that, too, because all these Senate Republicans, including the senator from my own state, has already voted for it. So he's going to get jammed. And this whole thing will be have been a pointless exercise. But he didn't realize that yet because he's not ready for this job. This is the October Jobs, jobs, jobs report. And of course, we're expecting non-farm payrolls to be around 180,000, 150,000, 150,000. That versus 336,000. There are revisions coming. The cumulative revision over two months, minus 101,000. Uh, so that 336 turns into 297. Now let's move along, shall we? The unemployment rate, and do keep in mind our last look on the unemployment rate was pretty important because we had 3.8. It moves up again to 3.9, 3.9. 3.9 would be the highest level going all the way back actually to January, to January when we were at 4%. And just for a comparison, we were at 3.7 one year ago, if you look at October of 22 versus October of 23. And finally, the underemployment rate, which is 7.2, it continues to move up. Maybe I saved the best for last. Labor force participation, 62.7. It's going in the wrong direction. Our last look was 62.8. That was the best since February of 2020. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies. Because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Friday, 3 November, Year of Our Lord, 2023. Of course, we've got uh, capital markets news, economic news, geopolitical, uh, the fights on Capitol Hill, everything that this audience has uh, come to expect from the show and also to empower you as you go about your work in saving this uh, country. Uh, big news. Uh, the, the the labor numbers today, the, I think the most important thing, the buried lead that Santelli uh, talked about is the, is, um, the resets off the, the changes off the numbers you've already been given. 
uh, it's just like the deficit numbers we saw when they cooked the books and it only got to 1.7. They got a 1.7 trillion dollar deficit instead of two trillion, which it really is. Uh, here you're seeing the labor numbers every month, and we're going to have EJ on this afternoon. Every month they're going back with these massive uh, uh, reallocations to show you that the numbers are never good. This this government, you cannot uh, trust anything this regime says, including the blockbuster news out of um, the New York Times from going to a, a website that has the flight data. Uh, the Biden regime has had uh, drones over um, over Gaza. Uh, and I hope somebody in the House knew this, have had drones over Gaza at the beginning. And the question is, is that for targeting? I mean, is, are we now an active uh, participant in this? Uh, this is why, you know, in, in the Israeli bill yesterday was fine in the fact that it bifurcated out Ukraine. And now uh, overnight, the Biden regime is telling us they may cave on border security. To, they're really going to extort. They're going to extort Congress throwing some bells and whistles on, uh, on quote-unquote, border security to get Ukraine. This is how purely evil they are. Purely evil they are. They rely on everything, whether it's uh, what, what our real engagement is uh, on these wars, uh, what, what numbers are of deficits, uh, what the unemployment real number. You can't believe anything they say because it always gets adjusted later. They want it out for the news cycle saying get a narrative going, and then they want to – they want to change it later. You have to be all over this. Uh, we're going to get into a lot today. We're going to go to the border. Newsweek magazine, its leads story overnight. Bannon's demands for funding Israel. It's quite simple. And I've put it up on Getter as the lead. The priority here has to be the stopping of the invasion on the southern border. If we do not stop that and stop it immediately, <clears throat> there's not going to be any America there to be an ally of Israel. It's just not going to happen. And the Israel, the $14 billion is needed, but it's not urgent. It's just not urgent. Okay? We've got to get focused. And, uh, you know, Mike Johnson, who I think is doing a very good job, but understanding that he's talking about putting up the Ukraine bill with border security, you're playing into their hands, and we will fight that. We will fight any one more penny to Ukraine. The reason is there's a major story out that I put up that one of the lead generals in, uh, in, uh, in Ukraine is saying, hey, the the uh, the offensive is a stalemate. We're at a total stalemate now. That's coming from him. That that's your military update from Ukraine. So a lot to get to. I want to make sure we're not chasing shiny toys because because Murdoch News, who's been defeated, we've defeated Murdoch News on everything from 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 Trump because uh, you know they've had DeSantis and now they got Nikki Haley and on Tuesday night they're going to have Youngkin. Um, to uh, to the fight over the House and, the, and to get the spending down, and now to remove uh, to remove Kevin McCarthy and his clique uh, in, in losing everything, they're going to put shiny toys out there for you to uh, for you to follow. And I can see on Hannity every night you got Comer, you got these oversight guys. You don't see a compelling argument. They come up for these three minute hits for the shiny toy and want everybody to focus on this. So we have to see if it's real. Obviously. The corruption and the selling out of the country and the treason of the Biden regime is 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 so well documented. We got to get on with it. Mike Johnson said, "Hey, I think it's very compelling. Go and get on with it." I've asked Mike Cow to join us, and I want to tie together Mike some great research. And I don't know why, you know, as great as you guys over at Heritage are, you got other things you got to focus on. I don't know why we're depending upon Heritage and your group. To have to do to me what should be basic fundamental investigation coming out of the house. 
I mean, I, I love what Kevin Roberts, you guys are doing. I love the group that you have. You've been on the board. You've been everywhere. But I, I keep asking, particularly what you're showing us today, why is this not coming from a House uh, from a House committee? And why are we not on top of things on these investigations of the Biden regime? Mike Hal. Well, that's exactly why we started the Oversight Project at Heritage. I mean, congressional oversight is a failed institution at this point. I mean, we can look back the, over the decades. What has it really accomplished? What has it proven? There is not the fall through, the wherewithal, the political courage, and then also just the attention span and memories of, of the institution. I mean, if you look at Hillary Clinton, what, what we're going to talk about here today a little bit, what happened as a result of some of the findings that were exposed by external parties and brought to Congress? Absolutely nothing. We can talk about international influence peddling schemes, uh, the Global Foundation ripping off an entire country in Haiti, which then our government shovels more money to. We can talk about the bathroom server, the use of pseudonyms and zero accountability. That is essentially the same playbook that Biden picked up and ran at a less sophisticated level. And the lack of Congress to actually follow through and solve these problems just makes the road for Biden to do this with Hunter Biden and his brother Jim so much more, more easy. And the best example, I think, of, of recent history is John Durham. Everyone pointed to Durham and said, he's going to save the day. We don't need to do our oversight because we got John Durham coming in. The Durham report would be so great. Well, he showed up with an absolute nothing burger. And you had congressional Republicans at the Judiciary Committee complaining about the failure to link uh, the investigation to Hillary Clinton creating the Russia hoax. And so, great. That's a great point. Why didn't Durham do that? But then the onus goes on to Congress. Congress yelled at Durham about not doing it. And then has failed to do anything about it. Hillary Clinton has skated completely free. She's guilty across the board of several things that they're now accusing Biden of. And uh, the regime just knows that the oversight investigations are a limp and feckless way to hold them accountable. And they're just running roughshod over it and messaging every night, uh, three minutes at a time on Sean Hannity to retirement homes around the country isn't going to get it done. You do not remove a corrupt president in this regime with retirement home communities watching Hannity every night. You got to build out the messaging. You got to go all gas, no brakes. We're not going to wait for them to do it. So we're in federal court. We're across the board doing it ourselves at Oversight Project. Hang on. Take a, we're going to take a short commercial break. And I want to tee up when we come back. For not doing this properly the first time, you haven't killed the vampire. With Hillary Clinton, I mean, just because we defeated her in 16 doesn't mean the Clinton uh, operation and the vampire is not still there. They're all over Ukraine. One of the reasons that you've got $60 billion up in your grill right now when the country's in a financial freefall is the Clinton Global Initiatives is back because it was not taken care of originally, like Mike House talking about. we got to get serious. Got to go on offense and stay on offense. All gas, no break, according to Mike Howard Heritage. Short break. Mike uh, is on the other side. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do, with more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value. Because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every 10000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. 
Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay. As we break down this funding fiasco, you have to keep asking yourself. You got the generals coming out in in uh, in Ukraine, and the reason the generals being truthful, he understands he's got to try to get a long term relationship with NATO and these countries and Poland, particularly these, these brave countries that are throwing in over on the uh, in Eastern Europe. And he's not going to get like Zelensky. Zelensky is like a used car salesman. He's not going to do that. He's going to be straightforward. He's very straightforward. He says, look, this thing didn't pan out. We didn't make a lot of progress. It's a stalemate. It is what it is. But we got to face reality. Up on Capitol Hill, they're up there with $60, $80 billion. And this is just a money laundering, child trafficking, bio lab. Who knows? As I say, we haven't picked the scab yet. One of the reasons is the Clintons. When we talk about the cartel, you got to talk about the kind of these these uh, prominent families that have like you got factions, you got lobbyists, but then you have like uh, you have these uh, factions. The Clinton faction is a powerful faction. This weekend, I think it's the 15th anniversary of like Obama, their victory. They're all meeting again. And as you remember, the Biden regime, a third of that is the is the is the restoration of of uh, of um, Obama's third term. So, Mike, how I want to go back. You guys, the reason I wanted to start the show today with you, because I'm very f- f- concerned on the great fights we got going and people on the ramparts and focused, I can see what's happening. They're trying to divert people's attention with shiny toys right now. And I'm all for the impeachment and investigation of, of the Bidens and get real because the facts are out there, which I've been saying for a couple of years. And now you got, which I'll get to later, you got Hunter Biden lighting Steve Bannon and Rudy Giuliani up in an op-ed on USA Today that we're mean and cruel people picking on him because he's a perverted drug addict. Uh, Go back. You got to take the Clintons out, metaphorically. You got to do it through investigations and showing the criminality. Well, go back to this original research you've got of how we've let all these guys off the hook. And this is one of the reasons they still come back and still have such a prominent influence on American policy. Right. So we uh, got some documents out of the Office of Special Counsel. That's an independent agency that you know investigates certain violations. And this relates to the infamous tarmac meeting. So the heat of one Clinton Hillary was on the ropes. You had Bill Clinton who confronted and got on the private jet with then Attorney General Loretta Lynch. Okay. This clearly implicates, you know, pressure on her to drop the investigation into Hillary. The question is what was offered in return? I think implications point to a Supreme Court seat if Hillary Clinton was president. What did Republicans do with it? Absolutely nothing besides message about it. And so we're still in court fighting for the documents. And one of the documents we got out is an interview transcript from this Office of Special Counsel investigator with the FBI. And uh, it's pointing at all that. Shoot. Uh, What's it pointing out, uh, Mike? I didn't catch that. Did he freeze? Okay, we'll we'll have to uh, unfreeze him in a second. Here's my point. Right now, you have Comer 
and you have Jordan, and they do this Hannity special the other day, you know, with Mike Johnson, and it's fine. Those kind of things are fine. They're they're fine to do. They're like mini pep rallies up on Capitol Hill, and you got Mike Johnson sitting there going, you know, I think there's something serious here, and uh, you know, we're going to have to pursue it. That's fine. That's exactly what we want to see. However, you got Jordan, and look, one of the reasons Jordan's not Speaker of the House is because this audience, and this is what the mainstream media missed. This audience was not that enthusiastic. Why? The Jim Jordan 1.0 was our guy. The Jim Jordan 2.0 was not our guy. And what we know from the Jim Jordan 2.0, he never issued any subpoenas. We're here in November. We're here a year away from the we're a year away from the election. And there has been no subpoenas issued. That's because Kevin McCarthy and the donors didn't want to go there. And my point, if you're if you're gonna clean up this mess. If you're going to clean up this mess, you have to go there. You have a duty and obligation to go there. Mike, uh, Mike, we got your back. Um, so tell me, where do you stand in this investigation right now? We're going to keep prying all the docs out. This document set hasn't been provided to the American people on just this, you know, one aspect, which is the tarmac meeting, which is the quid pro quo for all of this. And we know there was preferential treatment given to Hillary. You have the infamous uh, Jim Comey dropping of the investigations, Loretta Lynch throwing up her hands and saying she's off the hook. And so we're going to keep making the case. Somebody, whoever the next president is, who controls the DOJ, needs to get in there and actually impose consequences on these people. This is why we see the same types of corruption, whether it's bathroom servers, the pseudonyms that Hillary used, and then now that Biden and Hunter use. The same stuff, the regime and their top-level elites use these tradecrafts. And if Republicans on Capitol Hill cannot impose consequences, then we're going to take the case to the next conservative administration, state attorney generals, and anybody else who has the political wherewithal to actually do something about it. And it's not just Hillary. Look at Ukraine. I mean, this whole thing was set up about 10 years ago because of the bad actions that related to the Clinton you know, State Department, John McCain and others going out there, stirring up all this trouble that the U.S. and you know everyday Americans are now on the hook for well over $100 billion uh, in a position where you know we are at our weakest on the world stage. We're spread out on multiple continents, and it all traces back to corruption and the corruption of the regime. And until someone steps in and rips out the rot at the root, this will continue, and the, the conservative movement will just be little brother yelling at three-minute clips on evening news, and that's not enough to get it done. That's why we're doing it ourselves at the Heritage Foundation. We built an investigative team that is par none, far surpasses anything out there on the right, a litigation team. We're fighting for these things in court where the House of Representatives has not been yet this Congress. They have not sued once. We've sued 35 times, and we're going to make that number close to 100 as we can get. All gas, no brakes. Follow us at Oversight PR on X. We're putting all the findings out there, and we're not going to wait for anyone else to do it. Okay, Mike, I know you got to bounce, but i got to get you back on here. You said one of the most profound things about 10 years ago with the color revolution, you know, 2014. You know, I had uh, both Nigel and, uh, and um, uh, Raheem actually went over there to cover that for me when I ran Breitbart. We've been stirring up the pot over there for a decade, and now you're getting the due bill. You got $113 billion already in there, $120 billion. They're so asking for another 60 to 80, but it's going to be another 60 to 80 next year, just like Afghanistan, another 60 to 80. We're going to be at a half a trillion dollars before you. And, and all you've done is killed 50 or 60,000 Ukrainians, as Mersheimer told, told you happened. And the generals are now sitting there going, hey, look, this is not happening. It's a stalemate. This thing, and, and, and here's what upsets me I have tremendous respect for Kevin Roberts and Heritage, and Mike Hell, obviously. 
But why are we putting the burden on these guys? Why is he in court 35 times? And we're, we haven't given a freaking subpoena yet for Hunter Biden. And they're sitting on Fox the other night, kind of bouncing around. Yeah, we got to do this. It's November of 2023. We're one year from a general election. They've been at this now for three years. Mike Cal, once again, where do people go to find out all your work, sir? Find us on X at Oversight PR. We're posting our lawsuits and the findings there. All gas, no brakes. Thank you very much, uh, Mike Cal. Love it. Okay, I got another fighter, and they're fighting up in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and this one's getting tight. Uh, a couple weeks, I think four weeks ago, we had Terry on. Uh, Cameron, the uh, the Republican, was down 15 points. Let's play a let's play a spot. And I'm gonna bring Terry in. Growing up, putting in countless hours at early morning practices, I would have never imagined I'd be competing against a male. Democrats like Andy Bashir claim this isn't happening, but it is, and it happened to me. When I swam for Kentucky in the national championship, Leah Thomas and I tied, but they gave the trophy to him. Governor Andy Bashir, a real man wouldn't let men steal trophies from us, and he wouldn't let men in girls' locker rooms. That's why I'm supporting a real man this November. Daniel Cameron for governor. It's just common sense. We protect kids from alcohol, tobacco, and gambling. We even have age of consent laws to protect them from sexual abuse. So why is Andy Bashir vetoing legislation that protects kids from permanent, harmful, and sterilizing sex change drugs and procedures? If kids can't consent to sex, how in the world can they consent to a sex change? It's just common sense. Vote against Andy Bashir. Uh, amazing. Uh, down 15 points, what, three, four weeks ago. Where are we today, uh, Brother Terry Schilling? <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, Steve. Uh, so new poll just dropped this morning uh, showing the race from the same pollster that showed it being a 15-point race, Emerson, uh, last month. It is now 47-47 um, in the final week leading up to the election. Steve, we've closed the gap here. Just two weeks ago, there was another poll that showed the gap had sh uh, shifted to 45 to 47. Um, this is a tightening race, and it's all because uh, voters are finding out the truth. They're finding out that they've been lying to that Andy Bashir is no moderate Democrat. He is as radical as they come. He's someone that has vetoed a bill that would keep men out of women's sports. He vetoed a sex change ban for minors. The, you, you can't be a moderate, Steve, and veto legislation like this. This is the moderate position. Your uh, thinking through this race was brilliant. You came to me and said, hey, look, everybody, the way the media plays this, both local and national, is that this guy's the, your next door neighbor. You want to have a barbecue with him. He's a moderate. He's a he's a suburban dad. He's actually as radical as any governor, uh, any Democratic governor in the uh, in the United States. And you guys are going to make spots to prove it. I take it that strategy looks like it's working. It's working so far, Steve, but I don't want to put the cart, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, ahead of the horse and, and start celebrating just yet. It's going to come down to the wire. Uh, but that wire and what that is, is that's 350,000 Donald Trump voters that show up in the presidential years, but don't show up in the odd years. And so we're spending in the final week of this campaign, we're spending $750,000 making sure that all of those Trump voters know that Donald Trump has endorsed Daniel Cameron and that Daniel Cameron is the only candidate that's going to stand up for their children and for parental rights in this in this state. 
how are you running? Uh, by the way, I want you to just stay through the break because I got a couple more questions. How are you, how are you guys doing turnout? It's all it's all about the turnout model now. So so how are you guys working that? Uh, we actually have uh, we're doing digital advertising, so we're hitting them on uh, all the social media channels we can. We're doing we're sending out over five million text messages uh, this week, and uh, but the the real kicker is we're having a telephone town hall with Riley Gaines on Sunday night, and anyone can join that. But we're we're gonna make sure people know. We are going to stream that. I'm glad you gave us the information. Grace and Mo will be on that. Short commercial break. We're going to come back with Terry Schilling. We've got Ben Burkwam at the border on the invasion of this nation, the number one priority priority besides cutting spending. Also, Darren Beatty on uh, the FBI. Next. If you're sick and tired of the globalist leftist takeover of America's corporations, go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon and support a company that actually believes in America. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Let me repeat, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn Story and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I'm proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left, without funding people that hate you. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT, P-A-T-R-I-O-T, 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. That the actions of Hamas and its allies will serve as an inspiration, the likes of which we haven't seen since ISIS launched its so-called caliphate several years ago. In just the past few weeks, multiple foreign terrorist organizations have called for attacks against Americans and the West. Al-Qaeda issued its most specific call to attack the United States in the last five years. ISIS urged its followers to target Jewish communities in the United States and Europe. Hezbollah has publicly expressed its support for Hamas and threatened to attack U.S. interests in the Middle East. And we've seen an increase in attacks on U.S. military bases overseas carried out by militia groups backed by Iran. Here in the United States, our most immediate concern is that violent extremists, individuals or small groups, will draw inspiration from the events in the Middle East to carry out attacks against Americans going about their daily lives. That includes not just homegrown violent extremists inspired by a foreign terrorist organization, but also domestic violent extremists targeting Jewish or Muslim communities. Okay, <clears throat> I want you to remember this because we're going to go through. We're going to go through um, Schilling in Kentucky. 
We're going to talk to Ben, I think, down at the border, and Darren Beatty's going to come and deliver. But this all ties together. The your this regime that's in power and the permanent regime, as as represented by Chris Ray, you just had Mike Callan here talking about how the investigations from the Republicans never get to the heart of it. And that's why you have this administrative state, the deep state, and they're buried in, and they're not going to budge. With everything that's going on in the world, and particularly the fact that it is now evident on a fight that I've been a part of, I don't know, for 15 years, 10 or 15 years, and have been criticized and demonized as an Islamophobe, of which I'm not. But front and center is Islamic uh, Sharia supremacists. Sharia supremacists. Right now in uh, in Israel, I think that the uh, the the head of Hezbollah, the the uh, Shiite, what they call Party of God, is about to declare war on Israel on the northern border. Even the Israelis, and particularly uh, Netanyahu, played this down for years. They kind of looked at Hamas as a secular organization. This fight in the Middle East is about Sharia supremacist. Here in the United States which we've allowed invasion of the border. We have all these cells. We have no earthy idea what's going on. And the inspector general tells us that. Right now, what Chris Ray just said right there, violent extremists is you. Their number one target is still Trump voters. And why is their number one target? Why do they send this chilling message, violent extremists, violent extremists? Well, you're going to see. What did, what did Terry Schilling just say? Terry Schilling just said, gave you the key that picks the lock. The 350,000 Trump supporters that vote for Trump in Kentucky that can change the direction of politics in this country by showing up on Tuesday and throwing Brashear out, Brashear out, who's one of these, uh, the, the new Democratic model is to put these kind of schmendricks up there that look like average, you know, Joe's next door at the barbecue, and they're really radicals, particularly radicals on transgender ideology in this radical a grooming philosophy of the democratic regime. Uh, also at the border, you're going to see Ben Bergman's week with some guys this week that are trying to protect the border and, and alert people, alert people to the invasion that's coming and actually assist the overwhelmed border patrol in identifying, you know what they are? They're violent extremists. And then Darren Beatty's going to get into one we should be focused on. They just said right there and the question and answer with Rick Scott that, oh, no, we're not really tracking, uh, you know, the terrorist groups here. We're tracking violent extremists. When you hear violent extremists, they mean Trump voter. Uh, once again, before we leave you, Terry Schilling, uh, turnout is everything. Those 350,000 Trump supporters, if you turn out and understand to get President Trump back in the White House and as importantly to empower him in his second term, we need some tough nosed. Uh, Republican governors in these states, and we certainly need one in the Commonwealth of uh, the Commonwealth of Kentucky. So once again, what are people to do, Terry? Um, we got to get the word out. I mean, Steve, you've got so many listeners in Kentucky right now. They all need to put this on their calendar, put a hundred reminders on your phone if you need to. You have to show up and vote in this election. That's the only way we lose. It, the only way we lose is if all the Republicans in the state stay home. If, if we just get half of those Trump supporters that show up in the presidential years, but not the odd years to show up, we win and we win by a huge margin. 
right? This this last election, Steve, this is where you and I really started to build a friendship was in 2019 when we first ran these sports ads against Bashir. And he lied and said he wouldn't do anything to hurt girls' sports. Steve, this is, this is the revenge. This is the exposure. He lied to the voters and vetoed this legislation. We have to make him pay a political price for it, especially going into 24. Uh, once again, how do they get to the American Principles Project? How do they find out more about your work? Look, if you want to see these ads, we have another one up online, and you want to support us, go to lyingandy.com. It's just lyingandy.com. Check out the ads we have and give us some support. It's all going to come down to the wire. We need to turn out every single vote. Every text message costs five and a half cents, Steve. You can help to remind people to vote for five and a half cents. And so you give us $5.50, that's that's 100 voter contacts. It's an, it's an incredible tool. Uh, thanks, Terry. Thanks for the fight uh, you're doing and for the particularly the focus. The key is what he focused on and it turned out it worked, but we got to push it over the top. Thanks, brother. Let me go to Darren next. I'm going to go to Ben. So, Darren, um, there there and I, you have to admire this. I do kind of admire it. It's like Trump saying Hezbollah is smart. Hezbollah is smart. Oh, no, Nikki Haley. No, they're evil. I got that they're evil. I got that part, but they're also smart. That's where they've been able to accomplish so much, and they've accomplished a lot because they're tough and smart, and that's why they're a mortal threat to the state of Israel. Ray and these guys are relentless. <clears throat> Here we are, brother. we got the greatest anti-Semitism. A Jewish kid can't walk across a campus of any Ivy League school or UCLA. If you're – try it out. Go down to UCLA. Go to Westwood. And, you know, Westwood is that beautiful community. And, and just, it, 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 I want Catholics to do it. Put a yarmulke on. Put a yarmulke on and walk across uh, UCLA campus. Tell me, how, tell me what that experience is like. You got all this going on, and, and Biden's coming out with, oh, we have to have a major uh, emphasis as on Islamophobia. Islamophobia. And you, got, uh, and you got the FBI director's number one focus, brother, is violent extremists. They haven't, they, haven't, they haven't gotten enough. They haven't rung enough out of January 6th yet. Your, your thoughts and observations. Well, it's a remarkable and interesting statement to read in full. And I reread it carefully before coming on the program. And it's important to situate within the context of the development of the national security state. Remember that the entire national security apparatus including the Department of Homeland Security, the Patriot Act, a lot of the capabilities that the deep state has emerged as a result of the supposed threat of Islamic terror in the aftermath of 9-11. That was the pretext for all of this stuff to develop. And then when it seemed like that threat had dissipated or it could no longer be effectively drummed up in people's consciousness because a lot of the kind of ISIS attacks started to dwindle. There was a peak in like 2015, 2016 in Europe, and then it started to dwindle. And the national security state saw, okay, well, the biggest threat is now coming from these Trump people. And to keep our budgets running, we need to really lean into that because we can't sell the Islamo-fascist, Islamic threat narrative anymore as effectively. So now what you have with this Hamas attack and the situation escalating in the Middle East and that politics boiling up into the domestic environment here, now you have a kind of 
um, embarrassment of riches from the standpoint of the national security state, because not only do they have violent extremism, which means you know, any American who, for instance, would oppose mass immigration of Palestinian refugees into the country. We did a whole separate piece on that, on this um, woman who was Michelle Obama's chief of staff, who would be in charge of resettling these people. So if you oppose the refugees, you're a domestic extremist. But also, if you can be interpreted as, you know, supporting, you know, Palestinian cause or that, you can also be a domestic extremist by the old rules of the Patriot Act and sort of the old time classics of using the national security state against the Islamic threat. So now they have both sides to take care of. So I think the national security community is actually an enormous beneficiary of this. And just as a kind of foreign policy footnote to Christopher Ray's remarks, it really is rich that he was emphasizing ISIS repeatedly and the threat of ISIS because his pals in government Hillary Clinton herself, and this was substantiated in WikiLeaks emails, ISIS was on the side of the United States geopolitically. The whole thing that was going on in 2015 with the Syrian civil war was the U.S. effectively promoting the quote-unquote Sunni rebels in Syria to oust Assad. And so now they're conflating the whole issue as though you know ISIS is equivalent to everything else. So it's really just, um, it's its own kind of slop. But the take home point, I think, is the national security community will have a field day because not only do they have the MAGA people to go after, not only do they have the heightened threat of say, oh, any MAGA person who opposes you know, refugee resettlement is Islamophobic and all of that, but then they also have the old George W. Bush Patriot Act era grift of um, going after, you know, Islamic extremism in the domestic environment. So that's my basic read of the situation, and in particular, Christopher Ray's speech. We just had uh, Mike, um, and by the way, it was testimony. We just had yeah, uh, Mike um, Hal on here from, from Heritage about the fecklessness of the oversight and never any follow through, never any punch. Um, how can we be living in the resurgence of Pre- President Trump? They sent, you know, Mar-a-Lago. They thought they had, uh, you know, sent him away forever, exiled him. It's like Napoleon at uh, what it uh, in, in on the uh, was it Helena, right? They they had, they had exiled him. Um, the uh, but he came back bigger and stronger than ever. We took the house. How can we be sitting here? And allowing the FBI to say that and not have, you know, nine investigations coming today, cut their funding off zero. Why? Why are we in a process of allowing them to target Trump voters? This is this is voter intimidation. This is this is voter suppression. They're trying to chill Trump supporters because they understand we could deliver an overwhelming landslide victory, sir. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the story of basically the past, um, you know, at least five, six, seven years is the transformation of the entire security apparatus of the legal apparatus as a political weapon to go after the domestic political enemies of the regime, which 
principally are Trump supporters, not limited to Trump supporters, but that general cultural, sociological, political community. This is the number one threat. And as far as my understanding goes, it's still the case that the official position of the Department of Homeland Security is that the number one threat to American national security is so-called white supremacist terror. And so it's it's yeah. quite amazing. And just one last point about Ray's testimony, because in all the talk, well, about- I tell you, what, hang on, hang, hang, hang on, hang, hang on. We only got a few seconds. I'm going to hold you over. I got to get more in depth. Plus Ukraine, plus this targeting by drones in uh, in Gaza. A lot to go through with Darren Beatty from Revolver, one of the best sites out there. Short break. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling? When you're simply trying to buy products, progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models, and beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skincare, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, PublicSQ.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner, download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. It's founded on the fundamental principle that all people should have the freedom to live, to worship, and to be without fear of violence or persecution. Every person has the right to live safe from violence, hate, and bigotry. And for those reasons and so many more, President Joe Biden and I have a duty, not only to keep the people of our nation safe, but to condemn unequivocally and forcefully all forms of hate. Since we took office, President Biden and I have fought to uphold that duty. Over the past decade, America has seen a rise in attacks on houses of worship. So in response, we expanded funding to protect houses of worship from violence. After a surge in hate during the pandemic, in particular, anti-Asian okay. hate. She, she, she's... Um... Man, I don't even know how to describe that. Uh, anyway, their big push uh, last night was Islamophobia. 
Uh, also, at the same time, um, a columnist over at Salon makes the case that the uh, the biggest threat to America is not the Muslim Brotherhood Hamas, or a greater threat than the Muslim Brotherhood Hamas uh, Sharia supremacism is uh, MAGA and Christian nationalism. I told you they would go there, and they went. And MSNBC last night had a field day with it. You're the problem. MAGA and Christian nationalism is the number one, the number one national security threat. Salon, one of the most prominent uh, magazines in the progressive uh, in the progressive ecosystem. Darren Beatty, uh, your, your, your thoughts on that? MAGA and Christian nationalism, and this is a prominent. This is the former Playboy guy. This is a guy who was a White House correspondent. Wrote this huge piece. Now he got lit up by some influencers, but th- that's kind of irrelevant conservative influencers doesn't matter he put the piece out maga and christian nationalism is a greater threat than the muslim brotherhood uh, hamas and he had and last night kamala their big their big thing is islamophobia and that's going to come right to the d- domestic extremists you said that the 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 number of attacks dropped in 16 and 17 and 17 that's because donald trump took action he sealed the border and we put the travel ban in and, and we did many other things, and we had to fight the apparatus the entire time. They didn't want to do any of it. In fact, I keep telling you, when I try to get, with President Trump's uh, a concurrence, the, the Muslim Brotherhood designated as a terrorist organization, got nowhere, zero, because it's so inf- infiltrated in the entire apparatus. Darren Beatty. Well, absolutely. You know, one real educational experience for me before I was in politics, I was still a a graduate student at Duke at the time. And I had the opportunity to have lunch with um, General Michael Hayden and a couple of other people. And I suggested to him, might the most effective way to address the threat of Islamic terror, which was kind of still part of the conversation at that point, that didn't involve war and didn't involve enhancing the national security state's capabilities. Because remember, he was in charge of the NSA when all that stuff was going on. Wouldn't a third alternative simply be to restrict immigration flow from nations with a problem, history of problems with Islamic terror. And he laughed in my face as the, and didn't even answer. His answer was laughing in my face. And that was so instructive is to say that there are three. Ho, 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 ho. Stop, stop, stop. Whoa, 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 stop. You presented that exactly like you presented it. And he laughed yeah, in your face. It was not polemical. Like I was, I was the, you know, polite scholar type and that's the, the tone and, context in which I presented it. And it wasn't like a large group. So he could just kind of laugh and look at someone else. It was maybe five or six people. And his answer was simply to laugh in my face and not address the issue at all. And the point was, you know, and that struck me as so remarkable from someone who's such a senior position in the military, in, uh, in the intelligence community, if there are three options of dealing with the threat of Islamic terror, one is keep putting, you know, keep stuffing steroids in the Patriot Act, effectively. Number two is another Iraq war. And number three is restricting immigration flows. It seemed from a national security perspective, from an ethical perspective, from a perspective of limiting um, curtailments to freedom, all of that 
the immigration approach is by far the most reasonable and effective. But the mere suggestion that that should be tapped into at all, as opposed to the wars and enhancement of the national security capabilities, was quite literally ludicrous, ludicrous in the literal sense of the term. Um, and that was, you know, a first bit of real education I got as to how the, the swamp and how the deep state component of the swamp um, operates and thinks. And of course, he's turned out to be even more of a scumbag than he was back then. Real quickly, because and I'll tee this up. I'm, I got to figure out maybe tomorrow. I gotta, but Hal was on here talking about you know the Ukraine bill is coming up. It's another sixty, eighty billion dollars. We got the lead general saying, "Hey, the thing's a stalemate. I'm not going to lie anymore." Um, you've been this Ukraine situation. You're the first one to call it that. You and Raheem on the color revolution that took place there that didn't come here. How can we best? How would you recommend? This audience, think about this Ukraine as they come forward and ask for another 60 to $80 billion, sir. Well, it's just an endless cash cow to the corrupt oligarchs running Ukraine and the corrupt oligarchs running the American regime and the defense industry. That's all it is. is it, it's a wealth transfer from the beleaguered American taxpayer to the corrupt oligarchs of America and the corrupt oligarchs of Ukraine, none of it goes to the people of Ukraine, virtually none. Um, so it's, you know, it's an endless grift. It's an endless grift of the national security state. And the, what's particularly unfortunate about the defense industry grift is you know, it would be better from a humanitarian perspective and from a security perspective, probably, to say, okay, can we just theoretically tally up how much money Raytheon would make for whatever war they're pushing for, whatever intervention? Can we just tally up? Can we get can we get maybe, you know, EY or you know, one of the big four accounting no. firms tally Call up it. how much lock he would make? Just give them the money and not do the war. Oh no! Give us a give us a twenty percent discount and, right. and we'll pay you, Darren. How do people get to you? So how how do they get to your uh, everything website? Revolver.news. There's a white hot interview on the origins of wokeness as an emergent phenomenon of civil rights law. It is white hot. It is controversial. It is uncensored. Go to revolver.news. The interview just dropped last night. We'll push it. Thank you, brother. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. Now, here's the truth. The system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. Done with debt is your lifeline. Done with debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Done with debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. Their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently, without bankruptcy, and without additional loans. Done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt, but you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time-sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it. Go to donewithdebt.com that's done to debt.com done with debt.com go there today 
Action, action, action. Stop the worrying. Take action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.